Well, let's jump in here. Morning, Richard. I remembered a verse, uh, and I just looked it up because I couldn't remember where it was. <laughs> but it's in Deuteronomy um, chapter 11, verse 12, uh, speaking about the, the blessedness of um, the promised land. And it says, It is the land the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. We have that assurance from Scripture that uh, God is watching over us at all times. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day and for this past year that we've uh, experienced many blessings, many uh, difficulties, and many challenges. Uh, but we've been blessed with the word of truth, with uh, faith and hope that comes from it, and for the knowledge of um, your love for us and the gift of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who came into this world and dwelt among us and um, suffered all that the world could throw at him, even death on a cross to destroy the Satan's power of death and deliver us from that power and give us the hope of glory. And so, Father, we pray that you'd help us and bless us as we study today and as we get, begin a, a new year. Um, thinking of uh, your presence and your glory that accompanies us and walks with us and you lead us and guide us and carry us. And so thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. May we be faithful to you in this coming year from the beginning to the end. And we thank you for the opportunity to look into your word and see the unseen as you reveal yourself in the scripture and in your creation and through Jesus our Savior. We pray in his name. Amen. Um, so we've been, oh, by the way, that's something else I'll mention. Found this on the newsstand this week. Heaven, the afterlife, what awaits us? Stories from the beyond, the science of continuing consciousness, and the quest to live forever. Um, read through this yesterday, and um, this, this last section was kind of striking to me, this um, quest to live forever. This uh, was a guy that was featured in Time Magazine sometime in the past year, and his quest is, he's going to live forever. He's a multi billionaire, um, I guess, a techie, and he's um, he takes blood transfusions from his 18-year-old son, thinking that he can regenerate his organs, and now he's, uh, what is he, 46 years old, but he's got the organs of a 37-year-old, and uh, anyway. Well, it's worth catching, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. And uh, this goes on to talk about several high-tech companies and people that are really into this uh, quest to live forever and uh, it's I brought it in we'll be talking about heaven in our next lesson because I want to you know we spent some time over here and I'm going to still be here today but uh, we want to talk about the heavenly realm seeing the glory that awaits us and that was a hope that's held up all through the New Testament through the Bible um, that we have awaiting us a glorious future because God loves us and he's planned and purpose from the beginning time for us to share it with him in glory and remember Jesus words in John 14 I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am there you may be also and that's uh, God's desire for us and his purpose for us um, was fulfilled at the cross and uh, so that's the hope that we have and uh, lifting that up to a fallen and and dark world uh, where evil is present is is a something we all need okay we all need to look forward to to what's ahead um, I think of the verse of uh, a chapter on faith in Hebrews 11 it says um, Abraham was a stranger a sojourner and in the land he lived in tents you know no permanent dwelling but he looked forward to a city whose builder and maker is God looking forward and that's what we all need to do um, uh, Paul writes we look forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells so we're looking forward to this uh, living with God eternally in this uh, wonder of the heavenly realm but it's been lost okay we saw that last week where Eden was 
part of the the uh, uh, earthly creation, and uh, Adam walked with God in the cool of the garden, and um, like the old hymn says, we he they walked and talked as good friends should and do, and that's what God uh, wants uh, to accomplish. But it was lost here in the fall, and in. in um, sin that came into the world by one man. Sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men so that all have sinned. One of our previous lessons we talked about the evil in the world that gives some the excuse to not believe in God. Um, C.S. Lewis believed the exact opposite and he wrote a lot about the, the problem of pain and suffering and evil in the world as a means of drawing us like a magnet to like a moth to the light uh, to the glory that's come and so instead of seeing evil as um, an excuse to you know not believe there's God to me it's it's something that draws us into the heavenly realm and we talked a lot about uh, the goodness of the world the goodness of creation the beauty and wonder of God's world that he's made and uh, the joy of, you know, we've all just experienced, or Eddie, you said you're going about to experience the joy of uh, family, love, and children, and grandchildren, and uh, what a blessing that is. And to me, that is another thing that draws us to the heavenly realm. So how many of you have lost somebody, uh, a loved one in your life? We all have, okay. Yeah, I can remember as a young preacher, just a young kid out of school, and being called to, um, was at a church in New Mexico where we started out, and I didn't, I was wet behind the ears. We were just newly married. We didn't have kids. I just started with this church. I got a call, get over to uh, Brother Holland's house. He's passed away, and uh, they need the preacher. <laughs> I was scared to death and uh, drove up and walked up and so there were uh, some men from the church carrying old Roy out of the house in a bed sheet and uh, I was just mortified. I didn't, you know, the preacher's supposed to know what to do, have the words to say, you know, comfort people and death is an enemy. It's something hard to experience and that was kind of some of my first uh, experiences and Eddie, you've done a lot of a lot of funerals. It's never easy. Uh, it's a sad thing to lose loved ones. But that fact of existence in this world, death by sin, is another thing that draws us into the heavenly realm. I want to see people that I've lost and loved. I have friends in high places. Um, I lost a brother. Uh, 30 years ago, he was only 52 years old, pretty young to die, and, but he was almost like a dad, more like a dad to me than my, than my own dad. I want to see him again. Um, I think of countless people that have been in and out of our lives that we've lost, and so the, the goodness of the world and losing it, or just a momentarily, momentary separation from it, also draws us into the heavenly glory. Um, so in our study, we've, we looked at the first rebellion that brought good and evil into the world. So this is the world we live in, good and evil, unfortunately. Uh, the first rebellion. The second rebellion was uh, Noah, and who found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Not Noah the rebel, but the world that was in rebellion, the world that was full of uh, evil and violence. What was the word for violence? Hamas. Hamas, yeah. Isn't that interesting? 67 times in the Bible the word Hamas means violence. And uh, the world uh, was, it said that men were incapable of a good, of a decent, of a righteous thought. There was only evil continually. And so God wiped it clean with the flood and ended that first rebellion. And it picks up again with uh, the descendants of Noah. Uh, and, but we're quickly drawn into the story of a third rebellion. 
And we're going to look at that this morning if you turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 11. This is a passage of Scripture that we tend to uh, just kind of read over and move on. But there's more here than meets the eye uh, of the reader. There's uh, something going on beneath the surface here. Um, truths that are in plain sight, but that are often overlooked. Uh, this story is called the Tower of Babel. Chaos of the nations in a post-flood world. It's interesting that chapter 10 is called the Table of Nations, and it talks about oh, some 70 nations listed here, descendants of, uh, <coughs> of um, Shem in verse 1. And it mentions uh, their own languages and their own uh, places where they live. But in chapter 11, we've got the, the scattering of people and uh, who spoke one language. So chapter 10 is sort of just interjected here as a list of the nations. Uh, but it, maybe it could have gone after chapter 11, I guess. But um, chapter 11, the Tower of Babel, is an incident that um, that is a rebellion, I called it, a defiance of the will of God. Uh, what way? In what way was it? Well, let's read the text, and we'll get into it, and then we comment. Now, the whole world had one language and a common speech. And as men moved eastward, they found a plain in, the, in the Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used bricks instead of stone and tar for mortar. And they said, <clears throat> come let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men had built or were building. And the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come let us, see that word us, we'll comment on that. Come let us go down and confound or confuse their language so that they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over the uh, all the earth and they stopped building the city. And that is why it's called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world from there the whole Lord's, the, from there the Lord scattered them over uh, the whole face of the earth. Okay. Um, what do you see in this text? And as I said, we just tend to read on, over it and move on. But the, this is a pivotal, pivotal chapter. And the next chapter is a hinge chapter, okay? Very important to understand what God is doing in the world. Uh, chapter 12 is the call of, and the covenant with Abraham. God's setting apart a people uh, through whom he will redeem the world. Um, what's going on here? What's happening? Cooperation. What? Cooperation. Cooperation. That's a good thing, isn't it? Could be. Could be. In what way is this a rebellion? They wanted to be equal with God. They thought that they could build a tower to be with God and equal with God. Yeah. Yeah, it's the uh, rebellion that was in Eden. Remember the mandate of Eden. Go, be fruitful, multiply, and, and fill the earth. And the same thing here. He told them to be fruitful and multiply. This Genesis 9, verses 1 to 7 um, God blessed Noah and his sons and sang to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. All right. As you go down to verse 4, Come, let us build a city and a tower with its top in the sky to make a name for ourselves. Yeah. It's, it's a sense of Okay, Shem's, let's just move him over 
Yeah. We're going to be superior. We're, yeah. we're going to be the ones remembered. We're going to be the ones people think about in the future. Yeah. Who needs the name? We can make a name for ourselves. It's a it's an attempt to to um, um, what is the the old expression? I'm the master of my fate, the captain of my soul. I can determine my own destiny. I can I can uh, use to science to live forever. Um, Some have also speculated since they still had the great flood in mind that if they had a huge tower, the flood would not affect them. If they were to continue to do evil, they would just go to the tower. Head for high ground, huh? <laughs> There's signs coming down from the, through the canyon here. In case of flood, head for high ground. Uh, I never thought of it that way, but uh, yeah, maybe so. Who, who was available on Earth to make a name of themselves too? I mean, they're all together. Yeah. Who are they trying to make a name for themselves to? The builders. <laughs> I think of Titanic and the pride, you know, the excess of pride that went with, we're going to build an unsinkable ship. Yeah. It's like, we have gotten so good that we're, whoever these people are that are building, are, we're going to make a great city, uh, you know, and have a tall tower so everybody can see it. Yeah. Yeah, they reminded me of uh, sitting around the campfire as a Boy Scout singing, uh, oh, they built the ship Titanic, and when they got it done, they said it was a ship the sea, sea could never ruin. But by God's almighty hand, the ship would never land. It was sad when the great ship went down. Uh, so uh, God's going to interrupt this rebellion with uh, harsh judgment, actually. Um it, well, you mentioned the word pride, too. You know, it could have been harsher. It could have been. You know, it's like a malice. Yeah. Let's do this. He's, it, it, after the flood, it seems as though Shem has under, come to realize, or probably already did, and it's just accepting it, that man is going to be wayward to his to his desires yeah and and as you said it's we can do this without God who needs God we can make a name for ourselves uh, it's pride it's the the sin of um, Satan in the garden uh, it's his lie that um, you can be like God you who needs God in your life and so they were building this place of, uh, like you said, cooperation, unity. Why spread out on the earth? Why obey God? We're 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 doing fine here. You know, as and it says here that <clears throat> the Lord said, as if as one people speaking the same language, they have done, they have begun to do this. Then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Remember, um, Mary's uh, at the uh, appearance of Gabriel uh, being told that she would bear a child, and she didn't understand that, I don't think, at first. But then she said, is anything impossible with God? So here again, it's this desire to be God. Nothing is impossible for us. And I think that's probably true. If we were left to our own devices, we... Just think of, you know, uh, sending probes out into outer space, uh, advances in science and technology, um, this new AI. I don't understand that, <laughs> what's going on there, but there's uh, good and bad, It's uh, people are saying about it, and uh, we always seem to tend to take uh, um, good things and turn them into uh, something evil. Why was it that, uh, I don't know if any of you have seen the, word, the movie Oppenheimer, or Oppenheimer. Um, he had a line at the end, he quoted, uh, I forget which philosopher, about um, unleashing on the world, uh, you know, a terrible thing. I'm 
sorry, I don't have the quote, but uh, and the movie's not worth seeing. <laughs> but I have become evil. Is what he said at the end. Yeah, and the, the something a destroyer of worlds or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We tend to overestimate ourselves as uh, people. We can do anything we set our minds to. My my nephew sent me a text this morning. He said he's he's in Bangkok, Thailand, and he says I was driving along. And I was surprised to see a sign that said, uh, caution, elephant crossing ahead. <laughs> Reminded me of the old story of the elephant and the flea sitting on his ear as they crossed the bridge. And the flea finally says to the elephant, man, we sure did shake that thing. You know, we tend to think more of ourselves than, than we really uh, we need to. Uh, you know, scientists are now admitting that their uh, estimate of the universe being 13.8 billion years is off by maybe 25 years or so. Yeah. <clears throat> so nothing was impossible for them. Um, humans have been convinced by the father of lies that they can be like God himself, and nothing is impossible. So who needs God? Uh, it's an attempt to carve out their own fate, uh, to reach maybe a, an unconscious effort to re to return to Eden. We'll just we'll just make this earth a paradise. We will uh, uh, build our Eden right here. After all, we are self-reliant. Uh, we can create Eden. We can find our way back to to uh, paradise. Um, what do you suppose is behind all this, though? This is where we're talking about seeing the unseen. What is going on here? Well, isn't it like in the garden where they want to become like God? Yeah. Their technology of being able to build this huge building? Yeah, where do all those notions come from? <clears throat> right. Pride. They come from a, an enemy, an adversary, um, who, who has told lies. He's a liar and a murderer from the beginning, Jesus said. And behind this rebellion, what I call the third rebellion, is Satan. Okay? Satan's scheme to bring about um, a, a one world, let's put it that way. Um, and it hasn't changed right down to the present day. Um, there's, there's still this effort to find our way back to Eden uh, or to find a utopia. I was... Yeah. Um, you know, as mankind would like to create the perfect world, so often as we're seeing even today with, with the uh, EV technology and all the electric stuff that moves in that direction, create a utopia where one part of the world may have perfect living and electric cars and no, no, no uh, emissions and pollution, but we're destroying other parts of the world that do that. Mm -hmm. So even that, even the whole concept of utopia is selfish because it's not shared for all the good of all mankind. Yeah, yeah you're right. You remember this song uh, by John Lennon in 1971? Imagine. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. I don't think I could do it. I, I can't imagine going through this world and there's no heaven, no hope for the future. But he said, imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do, nothing to kill or die for, and no religion too. Uh, Lenin was an atheist. Imagine all the people living life in peace. 
You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. And it sounds like Babel here, doesn't it? Imagine no possessions. I wonder if you can. Um, world Economic Forum, you know, it's been around about 25 years. What's their uh, motto? Jim, what is it? 20 years, you'll own nothing. And, yeah, you'll own nothing and be happy. Imagine there's no possessions. I wonder if you can. No need for greed or hunger, a brotherhood of man. Imagine all the people uh, sharing all the world. You may say I'm a dreamer. But I'm not the only one. I hope you'll join us and the world will be one. Of course, that was in the middle of the Vietnam War and the sadness of a um, uh, world at war. But uh, don't you hope for something else? It, it almost sounds like uh, what's happening here at, at the Tower of Babel. Uh, we can be one. So what's going on here? Um, Michael Heiser has some interesting thoughts. I've got a, several books that I'm using, but these all three of these are by uh, a biblical scholar, Hebrew scholar named Michael Heiser, The Unseen World and uh, Demons and Angels. Okay, we're going to talk about all those things in our, our study here um, as we look at the unseen world. But behind the scene here is Satan at work. Okay. Bio, uh, diabolical schemes of Satan to destroy the plan of God. And so it, it called for a harsh judgment. Richard said it could have been even worse. But God in, in mercy, uh, in grace, comes down to scatter the people over the face of the earth. They're not moving, and so God moves them. Okay, and confounds their language so that they can't understand one another. You know, there's a science of, any of you ever studied anthropology, taken a class in anthropology? I remember um, studying this. Uh, it's, a, it's a science called glutochronology. Gluto for language or tongue. And the origins, uh, the evolution of language. And uh, they've determined that uh, all languages on earth have a common root. They all go back to one source um, in the Middle East somewhere. Isn't that interesting? And, and I thought, uh, <clears throat> I was thinking of a word, uh, the words for mother and father. And I looked it up this morning. In German, Russian, English, Greek, Polish, Spanish, Portuguese, Romanian, and Dutch, Hungarian, Latin, Cree, Hindi, Dutch, uh, uh, um, Dutch already mentioned, mother is mama. On all those languages, the same. In French, it's maman or mimi. Um, the same in Italian, in Swedish, Norwegians, mama. Irish uses maher and uh, Lithuanian mot. Um, Mandarin Chinese, the word sounds like uh, meme. Uh, Hebrew, it's ima and abba. You hear that on the Chosen series as the uh, sons of Zebedee address their parents, ima and abba. Uh, in German, if uh, uh, Erica were here, she could tell us it's uh, mutter and butter. Uh, what, what was it in? Um, I'm drunk. What, what, where were you, Eddie? I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Czech, yeah. Mother is Russian and it's Matka of Armanita. And father is, you would not recognize it, it's Otez or Tatine. Okay. But I think what you're saying is valid in the sense of there is almost there's some international, there's some words that are transcultural. And they slip all they, so you hear mama, mommy, you know, yeah. daddy, but you, you hear some of those uh, similarities. Yeah. My mother refused to let us call her ma. 
<laughs> because there was an old TV series back then called uh, uh, Ma and Pa Kettle. I don't know if any, some of you are old <laughs> enough to remember it. Don't call me Ma. She says, you can call me Mother, Mom, or whatever. We always called her Mom. Um, and Dad, Dad, Daddy, Father, Papa, Pop, Mom, Mama, uh, Mome, um, Papa in uh, French, um, Pape or Papi in Italian. Um, Spanish is Papa or Pop or uh, Tata. Uh, Japanese is Papa. A Pakistani a mother is Ami and the father is Abba. Um, in Dutch it's Pa or Papa or Vader or Papa. In Spanish, uh, Madre and Padre. They all have similar sounds and that's because they're all derived from a, from a common source, common language. Uh, Korean is Ima, Filipino is Ina and Nane. And interestingly, in uh, uh, Minnesota, where we lived for years, there's a lot, there's a heavy Scandinavian population. There are Norwegians and Swedes. I don't know the names for mom and pop, but grandparents, Oma and Opa. Mm -hmm. And I, I was thinking about that. Does that mean the old pa and the old ma? Oma and opa, and I'm an oma, or opa. So anyway, um, does that all go back to the Garden of Eden, to one common language? Well, uh, there's a science uh, that says that, yes, it was a, there was a common source for all language. Now, uh, Michael Heiser in his book, um, uh, camps on this word, let us go down and um, scatter their language. And who is the us here? Similar language in, um, in the creation story, uh, let us make man in our image. Who is the us? Uh, the common belief is that it's the, the Trinity, the Godhead, God speaking to the Father and the Son. Um, I don't know if there's evidence for that, but from the Orthodox perspective, it would be referring to the angels and the heavenly bodies. Okay, okay, that's good. Uh, and that's what Heiser believes. He's, he believes that the, the uh, us is the, the heavenly council, the council of angels, the hierarchy of angels. We're going to study this more when we get into what are angels, who are they, what do they do, where do they come from, and so forth. But there are, remember when Gabriel, uh, uh, is Gabriel called an archangel? Not, not sure about that. Um, there's an angel that represents the nation of Israel. Michael. And I saw a meme the other day where, uh, no, it was a far side comic. And Michael's in his boat, and he finally, and it says on the caption under it, Michael finally comes to shore. <laughs> Mike finally rows his boat ashore. And he's looking like an old man with a white beard and everything. But anyway, uh, Michael, the uh, representative prince uh, for the nation of Israel. And so there are these, there is this hierarchy of angels, and it's called the divine council. And there are several verses in the Old Testament. I don't want to take the time to do it, but. Psalm 89, Psalm 82, you mentioned that uh, recently, where it talks about the divine counsel, the counsel of, uh, of angels and the sons of God and the holy ones. And uh, they're even called gods, interestingly. Gods. Elohim. Uh, Elohim, yeah, that word is used for angelic <clears throat> being. Okay. Um, Jim. Is this to imply that angels had creative power to create man, or am I missing something here? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure why the word uh, Elohim is used in reference to angelic beings, but no, they don't. They're not like the Creator God. They were themselves created and given free will, but they were also given dominion. Angels could not speak anything other than what Hashem had told them to speak. They were the messengers, emissaries of Hashem. 
And they could not say anything other than what he commanded them to say. I'm not sure about that, Richard, um, because is it you, Daddy? <laughs> Angels that sin. Second Peter and Jude. Yeah. Second Peter and Jude. Angels who sin. Yeah, but the, but the ones who follow, the ones he used, his followers, yeah. could only speak what he had told them to speak. Yeah. Could, they would not speak on their own. Richard, I'm Richard Larry, I, mean, I, I may be jumping ahead of you, but I think you have a really good point in this story here. Maybe you're getting ready to make it, but... Yeah. Um, and he said, let us. So that, that tells me there's more than meets the eye yeah. in the story. There are, there's a tower, there's people, there's bushes, there's animals, but there's a spiritual world of yeah. us. And he says, let us do this. You wonder, did those people realize, oh, God is doing this? Oh, were things happening? They thought that was just random. And it was actually behind the scenes, spiritual forces were good, carrying out God's will. And if that is true, and it has to be true, then I think it must be your point earlier yeah. that these acts of evil and pride and rebellion weren't just their own doings, but there was a world, unseen world. If it's true for the good world of God, then it would be true for the evil world yeah. of Satan and the forces. Um, that's just a, a very powerful <clears throat> reminder. It wasn't just physical things happening. Yeah. Um, it was, it was the, the heavenly realm involved yeah. influencing which is amazing our present world yeah we're not just acting on our own yeah. we're being influenced by forces good and evil yeah. I think that's fascinating and, and Paul when he goes into Athens talks about how God created the nation separated people it's an allusion here to, to uh, Genesis 11 and um, but he also didn't leave himself without witness, and he's near to every one of us, uh, Paul says. And then in Ephesians, what does Paul say about spiritual warfare? Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly realms. What is this, kind of Star Wars sort of thing? Who are the, what are the spiritual forces of wickedness that exist in the heavenly realms? Oh, we're going to get into that when we talk about demons and uh, angels and uh, angelic uh, conflict that's, that's going on right up to the present day. And what I see in Genesis 11 is repeating itself all through history right up to the present day. We can master our own fate. We can find our way back uh, to a paradise uh, without God. Uh, yeah. I don't remember whose book it was, but uh, Michael Heiser made an analogy from Genesis 1 where uh, suppose you were at a party and you were to say, let us get pizza, and you go out and buy the pizza. You were including everybody, but yeah. you're the one that actually did the deed, and yeah. God says, let us make man. And it says God created. Yeah. It doesn't say the divine uh, council or the heavenly beings created. Even though he said let us, then it says God created. Yeah, in those old, those creation passages it says let us, but then it says then God God acted and God made. So God the creator created all things. He made all things. But Corinthians uh, says that Jesus created I'd have to find the verse. Sorry, what? There is a verse in the New Testament that says that Jesus was the creator. Yeah. John chapter 1. The beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and all things were made by Him, and without Him nothing was made that is made. Well, he was included in the Word. Jesus in the form that the heavenly form. Yeah. Um... I looked up the word utopia. I found it was kind of it was an interesting word. It was coined by Sir Thomas More in fifteen sixteen. And Thomas, remember the movie uh, Man for All Seasons? Uh, maybe not, but he's uh, martyred by uh, Henry the Eighth because he won't go along with Henry's lascivious uh, 
uh, lifestyle. Uh, he published a book entitled Utopia um, in 1516. Uh, he compared the conditions of his England uh, of his day to a perfect imaginary country called Utopia. Everything that was wrong with England was perfect in Utopia. Uh, Moore was trying to show how people could live together in peace and happiness if they only did what was right. But the name that he gave his imaginary country showed that he did not really believe perfection could be reached. Uh, utopia is a compound word. Uh, topia, like uh, Jake, you appreciate this, topos or topos or top topographical or not, is that right? The A place. <coughs> place, okay, the earth, uh, and you, Greek meaning not or no. <laughs> and the idea was that there is no such place. This side of, of the heavenly realm, as much as we try to create a utopia, it will not exist. Um, Plato in his Republic referred to an ideal city a way through which a just uh, and philosophical governance could create ultimate happiness. Um, the ideal world consisted of humanity pursuing that which is true and good and virtuous. Well, I agree with that, but it's probably not going to happen. Um, Sir Francis Bacon wrote a new a book called The New Atlantis in 1516, where he talked about utopia, the Communist Manifesto by Karl Marx. And uh, Frederick Engels uh, referred to the the workers' paradise. Okay, Brave New World by Aldous Huxley in 1932. He talked about a dystopian um, world uh, where society is technologically revolutionary but dehumanized with rigid control over reproduction and free thought, and where the populace is manipulated and controlled by the state. Yeah, if you, you know, it sounds familiar with some stuff that we're hearing today. Um, Shape of Things to Come by H.G. Wells uh, refers to Utopia. Looking Backward by Edward uh, Bellamy, 1888. Uh, an indictment against the industrial capitalism and the resplendent vision of life in a socialist paradise. And um, Space of Hope was... Spaces of Hope, written in 2000 by David Harvey, encourages the pursuit of globalization and the body, and the body of the working class serving to advance a utopian world. So these these views are still still with us. Who needs God? We can accomplish all we need with science. Science will get us where we need. Believe the science. I have a hard time believing the science, you know. I have a hard time trusting uh, folks anymore today from all the craziness that's in our world. Uh, I think of the communism and the fact that in their view, you know, everything would be perfect because communism is basically sharing everything. But it didn't work, so then they had to have a five-year plan to try to get to that point, and then that didn't work, so they had to have another five-year plan and another five and it never worked, and it still might work. Yeah, you know, uh, is the world getting better? Well, we have to understand, science doesn't disagree with religion. It's man's interpretation. Yeah. Yeah, science is God's creation, and physics, and um, a, a marvelous universe that's... Uh, all things are not only made by Him, but sustained by Him. Uh, world War One, the world, the war to end all wars. Mm -hmm. um, and what was the popular song back then? It was um, "Happy Days Are Here Again." Uh, how's it go? Happy days are. Sky above is clear again. What? The sky above is clear again. Yeah, the sky above is clear again. You know, things are. <coughs> this this war is going to teach us. We don't need war. World War II, I looked this up last night. 50, 
five to 60 million civilian deaths in World War II, 20 million military deaths, five million prisoners died in prison camps, six million Jews were murdered. Uh, and that was followed by uh, Stalin and the Soviet Union, 24 million deaths under the reign of Stalin. Yeah, and I was surprised to read this. Um, I didn't know it. it's not taught much in history. Both Hitler and Stalin were outdone by Mao Zedong, is how you say it, by Mao, from 1958 to 1961 in what he called the Great Leap Forward. 45 million people were murdered, making Mao the biggest murderer in world history, uh, biggest episode of mass murder ever recorded. Kind of the sad world we live in. Imagine there's no heaven. I can't do it. I like the song by Mercy Me. I can only imagine what will, what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes would see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Uh, or in awe, will I be still? Will I stand in your presence or to your knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah or will I be not be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. So I like uh, Mercy Me version better than John Lennon's version. So Genesis 11 is a rebellion of mankind influenced and directed by demonic powers aimed at destroying the good that God intended for his world. Imagine what they could do without God. Look at the world we, we see people living without God. Evil spread like a cancer. Men and angels were not in harmony with God's righteous will. You know the prayer of the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Real meaning and power to it. And so what is the result for the world? Misery, chaos, injustice, death. And the Bible says God is not the author of confusion. Um, he's not the author of misery and chaos and injustice and all the evil that's going on in our world. And so uh, this is an important chapter and the us there in this discussion of uh, angelic powers and spiritual warfare is really important to understand. And for me, as I've been studying this, it, it's amazing how many verses of Scripture are pulled together when you consider that there is a supernatural world all around us. Uh, we actually live within the heavenly realms. Uh, <laughs> is it in us and through us, around us, or what? But uh, uh, angels are real, and heavenly glory is real. And what's happening um, uh, in, with the forces of evil and good are, are real. So our mortal enemy, Satan, Always up to the same lies and same schemes. First Peter 5, verse 8, Your enemy, your adversary, the devil, uh, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Uh, we'll get to this more when we study who is Satan. First Timothy 2, 26. Uh, there are those who have fallen into the devil's trap and are taken captive to do his will. 2 Timothy 3.12, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted and evil men and impostors will go from bad to worse. Is the world getting better? Seems to be getting worse, doesn't it? 2 Corinthians 11.14, Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light uh, for the purpose of continuing deception. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4, the God of this age Notice Satan's called a god there. The god of this age is blinded, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the very image of God. 
And finally, Revelation 12, 12 is a, is a really good picture of that great serpent, um, great red dragon, uh, swings his tail through the heavens and casts a third of the stars to the earth. Well, what is that all about? Um, that ancient serpent called the uh, devil on Satan who deceives the world. But verse 12 of Revelation 12 says, Rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows his time is short. And that last part is really important. He knows his time is short. Uh, my daughter's always asking questions like, you know, why, why, why? Why do we let, why does God let a, 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 a being like Satan operate in this world and bring such uh, evil and destruction? Why doesn't he just boot the, the ball out of the stadium and get rid of this character? What's your answer to that? Anyone have an idea? It's a good question. We all want to ask it. Well, in Revelation 6, um, John sees a vision of souls under the altar that have been slain for their testimony and their faith in Christ. And they're asking the question, How long, O Lord God, until you avenge our blood of, on those who live on the earth? And you remember the answer? Wait a little while. <laughs> That's not very... Uh, Satisfying answer, but we're told to wait a little while. And God in His eternal purpose has this all worked out. Uh, Satan's time is short. He'll be judged. And heaven and earth shall become one. And that's a really an, another interesting study. Where is heaven? Is it on earth? And Paul alludes to that in Romans chapter 8. Um, we look forward to a new heaven and a new earth uh, wherein righteousness dwells. And what is righteousness? Well, it's more than just moral goodness. It's right. The word right. Everything is righted. All the wrongs of this world are, are righted, reversed. Death is swallowed up in victory. And um, we're offered heavenly glory. So that's why Paul says, I reckon that all the suffering of this present age is not worth comparing with the glory that shall be revealed in us. So next week I want to move out of this sadness that we've talked about into the glory of, of the heavenly realm. And uh, it's just pretty amazing to read this, to read the story. And Eddie, you had a lesson on it just last week, I think, about the angels appearing to the shepherds and all of a sudden uh, the darkness of the night is interrupted with brilliant light and the singing of angels and uh, peace on earth um, and uh, glory to God in the highest. And uh, so anyway, that's where we're going next week and uh, thanks for being here in our class. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the senior minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.